you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics with a paranormal podcast that has a little look under the hood of the strange and the unexplained and tries to work out what is going on in this world that is sometimes a little bit weird and sometimes a little bit wonderful. It's often a little bit weird though, isn't it? <laughs> it Particularly is. at the moment. <laughs> Probably more weird than wonderful at the moment. It but, is. You know, you've got to be an optimist, right? It's it's even weirder because the pen I was using to make notes with has the middle of it has just flown out somewhere. Fine, I'll okay. get rid of that. <laughs> um so what I want to talk to you about today is um the way that well, I'm gonna say spirits, but by spirits I mean entities, whatever it is that is communicating to us through something. Um inspired by our episode on EVPs, where we were really focusing on uh, human voices and mechanical sounds that get picked up through uh, microphones onto, well, not necessarily through microphones, but get recorded onto recording devices. Uh, I was interested to find out about whether there were any other electronic media where uh, unknown entities had communicated out well yeah because you've got to think if they if they've learned to use a digital recorder and a tape machine over time that you could pretty much handle anything couldn't you yeah exactly exactly and it seems as as well because what we learned from that episode uh, and talking to tony was that there's sort of like a, a really high level of uh manipulation going on so he was talking about Uh, the fact that you can pick up EVPs by uh, not even having a microphone on a device. That was strange, wasn't it? I've been been thinking about that quite a lot because he was saying people had disabled the mic. You know, for those who've not listened to it, it's worth going back. It's the EVP episode. But, yeah, the the guy we interviewed who was an audio, well, I guess EVP expert, was saying that, you know, there are examples where these things have been recorded where there is no microphone. That's right. The microphone's been disabled or taken out. So, and he also talked about the the entity spirit, whatever it is, going into the machine somehow. And there was a theory that it could be manipulating the machine directly, so it doesn't need a microphone. So, yeah, that's very bizarre. That I've been thinking about that a lot as well. Yeah. Well, I uh, picked up a book called uh, "Ghosts in the Machines" by G. Michael Vasey, and it is about this very topic so he what what it looks like he's done is basically collect a bunch of stories uh from different social media sites and it's uh it's a few years old now but the stories that he's picked up are really kind of uh extraordinary and they made me think that there's more to this sort of manipulation than uh than than just EVPs. Yeah. So so um he starts off the book uh with a pretty simple story about uh, a telephone. So the opening story is about it's a couple uh, a young couple who are going to the cinema and whilst they are queuing to get in the man gets a call on his mobile phone but the peculiar thing is it's from his girlfriend's phone and she's standing right there in front of him and she says that she's left her phone at home 
So Ooh, he, weird. yeah. So he answers it, and all he hears is rasping breathing. They kind of decide to write it off. So it was his girlfriend. <laughs> well, they they write off the first call, but then a second one comes in. And this is when they think, oh, okay, someone's broken into our flat. We better leave. Yeah. So after the first two phone calls, they leg it, get back in the car and uh, start heading back to home. Whilst they're in the car, a third phone call comes in and it's exactly the same. It's from her phone. It's a rasping breathing sound. When they get back to their flat, as you can imagine, they are both quite scared about what they'll find. They're, they're thoroughly expecting to find that someone has broken in, ransacked the place, stolen stuff. Yeah. And, you know, lots of things go through your head, you know. Uh, a, a thief might phone your phone just to see, wh you know, where you are, for example, see how much time they've got left to, to ransack the place. But yeah. uh, when they get back, they find the flat locked up, everything undisturbed, and the phone where she left it on the table in the lounge. But it has got three outgoing calls to his phone Ooh, logged yeah. on it. With the right times that they received. With the right times, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so uh, that one, that is kind of like, that's our introduction to the yeah. oddities that happen with phones. And I oh, think. Was there any background of why, like spooky background of why they thought that might occur? Was there. No. Just, no. just that. It was just. It's, a, ju it's just that. Yeah. Just a random, like, like a jot or something, you know. Yeah. Just it's, one of those it's, things type thing. That's right. And. When you get something like that happen, you could probably put it down to uh, a problem with maybe the software in the phone or uh, a fault in the network. And that rasping breathing, one could just say, oh, well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the static. central heating or static or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, I, I think that story, you could probably, you could probably go, yeah, that's odd. But I could probably explain it because software, software, and even on iPhones, it could go wrong. But it but, does remind me; it does make me think about the um, the episode we did on Vardiga and the Banshees. Do you remember where we discussed this? Like, you know, could it be a training thing? And we talked about another episode. We talked about vampires getting a marketing agency. Maybe yeah. this is the progression um, of the Banshee. That oh, I got, see. Doing telemarketing they've got a pay as you go and they've moved on from just their general screaming just be a bit more direct because the whole principle of the banshee right it's only the person that it relates to that can hear it so i wonder if it's basically they've got a pay as you go contracts and thought well let's let's use other people's phones to to do our banshee screams and, and you know what we're bored of the screams let's just do raspy breathing instead <laughs> well it certainly saves on the throat doesn't it well exactly you can do more work that way you don't have to rest so much oh, that is true that is true okay so that's a good theory banshees <laughs> quite, bring themselves quite tangential, into the but it is a good century. um but then the uh the next story in the book is where it starts to become uh not sinister, but uh, a little bit more obvious that there is something weird going on 
so in uh, this story, he describes that uh, there is a uh, a trucker, an American trucker, and he's driving along and he gets a call on his phone and the number that comes up is his dead mother's telephone number. And it happens several times. And when he tries to phone that number back, he gets a this number is disconnected message. And the person or entity that um, is phoning, because he's driving, he doesn't answer. And so they leave a, uh, a voicemail. And on the voicemail, it's just static. Right. And so what we've got there is even... I wonder if that was EVP-like statics. There's those weird noises yeah. you get with EVPs, aren't there? I don't know if that's part of the recording process or is that is that part of the phenomenon? Because I was listening back to a couple of the, the clips that um, Tony had given us and there is that weird kind of almost like fax machine type noise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. Where does that come from? Is that part of the recording process or is that is that part of the EVP? I wasn't quite sure when I listened to them. Um. Well, I'm not sure either. I suspect right. some of it is just background noise. Yeah. And some of it comes through when um, the noise is boosted. I imagine it's kind of, um, there's probably some digital artefacts in there yeah. that, you know, are a product of processing the sound. So this trucker didn't have any, there's no voices, there's no, no. weird thing. It was just static. That I mean, it's weird enough that your dead mother's phone is phoning you and that that number's disconnected anyway i don't know how that that could technically work either it's that yeah that's quite weird that's right that's right and that to me sort of uh talks about the manipulation of whatever this force is because what you know in in the normal real world that phone is not connected to anything so there is something trying to communicate with that man and making it look like it's coming from the the mother's number. So do we think that is manipulating his phone directly? I guess it could be either. It could be manipulating his phone to create the illusion. Yeah. Um, or the telephone network. Yeah, which kind of compa- yeah. compared to your other story, that the manipulating your personal phone doesn't work because of your first story, which showed that there was calls made from the phone that was left at home. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, blimey. Um, and and it, this just adds to the enigmatic nature of of this entire sort of uh, noise stroke electronic device related phenomenon. And this book goes on with uh, a number of stories, but I've picked out uh, just a few more that really caught my eye. And one of the things that I really like is that he's got two stories in there from uh, well-known people. So the first person is uh, she's a TV uh, news anchor in the States called Katie Couric. And uh, in an interview that she gave in uh, around about 2006, 2007. She talks about her landline phone 
Oh, sorry. A landline phone that is registered to her dead husband keeps on calling emergency services every Tuesday at 10 a.m. And that resulted in police attending her residence at least 10 times. Those were her words, at least 10 times. And it's always at exactly 2 a.m. It's always on a Tuesday. And it it seems that what happens is the uh the telephone so it's in his office which is why it's registered to him uh within her house is making these calls but the police aren't hearing anything so they are just tracing the call and going out to the residence because they automatically send someone out don't they that's right don't, yeah don't yeah. say anything yeah and is that is that time and day significant or do we know that it, so so it, you would think that it would tie into when her husband died or something, wouldn't yeah. you? But but no, it, she doesn't say that, and there's no evidence that that is the case. How weird. And interestingly, in that theme of telephones ringing at the same time at a particular time... Sorry, uh, can I just go back? Yeah. I, I, I guess for her, it's doubly annoying, because A, you've got the spookiness of it, B, you must have a pretty annoyed police force because, you know, if they keep chipping up and you say, no, it wasn't me, it was my dead husband who was ringing, they're, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And then next week it happens again. You could see you could see that might be quite kind of... Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those where if you were sceptical, you might say... Um, you know, there's a child or something, and yeah. and there isn't. I think, or, or, or either her a call for help, but I mean, right, I yeah. But yeah. she's she's living there by herself. Yeah. So so no, and and she talks about this quite quite openly. I've got the transcript of the the interview, but I suppose the the one thing that you could say about this, uh, uh, as opposed to the others, is. You could attribute this to a fault on the network. I think this is—it's mm. possible that this is just uh, an issue with, you know, the phone network. Yeah. And interestingly, the next high-profile story you could also say is a fault with the network, but it's um, which would make sense with the same day and same time. It's like some bit of code or something. Yeah. That's it just would. kind of clicking off, and yeah, okay. It, Especially it if would. there's no relevance to that date and day and time to her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he goes on to relate the story from uh, Virginia Governor Tim Kaine. You might remember him from the 2016 U.S. election. He was Clinton's running mate, right? And. In an interview that he gave uh, a little bit after his election loss, he talks about a telephone in his house, which is, again, in his office in his house. So it's a separate phone line to his family phone line. And he says that it will ring just after midnight on the same day of the week, every week. And it's been happening for some time. And he says when he picks it up, he just gets uh, a static noise again. This this kind of uh, static theme runs through. I thought you were going to say he gets someone saying, "Have you been involved in an accident recently?" <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, <laughs> have you lost a general election recently? Oh, poor Tim. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that um, he says that they've investigated the phone line and can't find a problem with it. So, and again, is that is? I guess we don't know, but it, it, whether that time and day is relevant to anything no 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 he said it's not relevant to anything he just says it's incredibly predictable and, and annoying and, and annoying and he does say in the interview that um because what one of the reasons for him bringing it up is talking about what he might do after not winning the election obviously he's still virginia <laughs> governor phone. but he says he's going to investigate this a bit more so that's kind of be interesting. interesting to know if that's still going on. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You'd well, almost be tempted not to disconnect the phone and just leave it to just, you know, because it's an ongoing phenomenon and stuff. It's quite, yeah, 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 absolutely. But the, there's a load of other sort of quite short stories that are in this vein. So um, it's before quite... You go on, sh- before go you go on to that, I was just thinking, well, I mean, the EVP episode we did... A lot of that is is actually people seeking out these sounds, right? You right. Know, or I mean, yes, there are. You know, the the example that he said, which we will cover um, hopefully in another episode when he comes back to talk us, the one he was investigating at the moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, seems yeah, th- that seems slightly different. I think what's interesting about these, they seem very personal, right? Especially right. the first two. You know, the second one calling the emergency services and this one, the phone rings. Okay, the, it's hard to figure out what the rhyme or reason behind it is, but it's very targeted and very personal, whereas an EVP seems a bit more, well, the ones that Tony talked about seemed a bit more generic. Mm. Well, that that is certainly the case. So talking of personal, um, this next story absolutely plays into that. So it it takes place, there's a group of friends who've hired a cottage for a holiday in North Wales. And they've all come from different parts of the country to uh, come and holiday in this um, house, sort of somewhere they've never been before. That's the main point. And they go for a walk and decide just to pop into this pub that they're passing for some lunch. And when they get into the pub, there is another bunch of their friends there. And this is a pub that they didn't know existed. They just happened to be walking past it. All right. They didn't plan to meet them. They They didn't plan. No, no. And so when they say to their friends who are waiting for them in the pub, how do you know we're here? They say, well, we found the telephone number you gave us for the holiday cottage and the nice old lady who answered the phone <laughs> told them where to find them. Wow. As you can imagine, there was no old woman. And the sort of the kicker to this is when they left the house, they had no idea they were going to end up in that pub. Wow, there's so much to unpick there. Right. That's... Number one, I'm well, probably a landline. I was going to say they got a phone signal in North Wales. That's that's surprising in itself. No, it's it's a landline. So this is <laughs> okay. um, we're talking twenty odd years ago. This happened. So it's again before 
the sort of the smartphone the revolution. smartphone era. Right. So it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not like somebody could have done a find my phone and no one. No, 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 no. They they aren't carrying mobile phones. The only phone no. that any of their friends and family have to contact them on is the landline to their holiday cottage. So let's backtrack. They the the first group had gone to the holiday cottage. Yeah. They got settled in, said, yep. let's go out, try and find a pub. Well, they'd actually gone out for the specific reason of walking, and it right. it was just the fact that they were walking past the pub and decided they would go in there for lunch. Oh. So it was a real spur-of-the-moment decision. Which, which, when you've been out walking, is the best pub lunch ever. It right? is, yeah. Um, so, okay, so they left the place, they... Through their walk, just came across this pub. There are their friends sitting there. Yeah. They say, we knew you were here because we phoned the holiday home and the woman answered. So, A, there's this spooky woman. Yeah. Well, A, there's the fact that there's this pub that they randomly chose to some level. B, there's the kind of weird woman who answers the phone when their other friends ring. And C, there's the fact that this woman knows ahead of time where they're going to end up. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Wow, that's and in that What's case, that about? It, yeah. It, so it's not nice you know, if it is a ghostly thing. It's a nice thing to do. Yeah, it's it's not malevolent in no. any way. Um, it just seems like this spirit entity woman thing was wanting those people to meet up with their friends and have a nice time. That's the only reason that you would you would do that uh, yeah wow that's that's incredible story yeah well related to that i'll tell you one more from the book because it is kind of similar um this one comes from a, a telesales worker a woman who's a telesales worker and she's in the states and she is making calls on behalf of uh, a telephone provider trying to sell a new contract. And she describes that uh, the way that she works is, uh, I suppose it's common with all of these telesales places. Uh, She sits in front of a computer. The computer dials telephone numbers off uh, a list. She doesn't even see the phone number. All she does is have that call piped into her ears and then uh, she reads a script off the computer and she gets through to a household and a gentleman answers and she starts with her sales spiel and he says uh oh that's that's interesting um but how much have i got to pay for this so she starts going into details and uh, the man says, okay, that's, that is interesting, but I need to talk this through with my wife. Can you call back, please? And so she does, and the next day she phones back and gets the woman, and she explains, oh, I was on the phone to your husband yesterday, and we were discussing this package, and he wanted to check with you, so this is a follow-up call. And she says... I don't know who you were speaking to because my husband died two years ago. And so there is, this is a very specific, so we don't know, we can't be sure that that voice is her husband. We could, 
we Although could, there uh, is well we, we what we could do is say that again it's a problem with the phone system the phones got mixed up and it's not uncommon that somebody would say oh, i have to check with my partner before i sign up to anything yeah yeah, yeah. um and well, no, i've got this theory though ben okay i reckon i reckon what's happened he's come off the phone and said to his wife I've signed up for this thing. She said, what, what the hell have you done? Well, I've, t- I've told you when those telly sale people ring not to answer them. What are we going to do? I'll say that you're dead. <laughs> so so when, the, when, the woman, when the woman calls back, the wife's on the phone, the husband's cowering at her feet going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it's the I can see myself doing it. At some point. Yeah, just tell yeah. him we're dead. It's the only way we're going to get him off the phone. <laughs> oh damn, that's a good idea. I'm going to try that. Ah, oh. well, what, what do, you, do we know what she was? What 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 um, the spirit was signing up for? Uh, no, it was it, like well, he he didn't sign up for it in the end. No, it was it was just some phone package. Right. Okay. Um, ironically. Uh, yeah. Ironically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, I'm, I'm I'm going with the wife. Got He's come off the phone. The wife said a real go at him. So we're going to have to pretend you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way out. <laughs> that poor guy spends most of his life pretending to be dead. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you've done it again. Oh God. <laughs> okay, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Um, but what we got there are like a bunch of stories which are about manipulating phones, basically. Yeah, yeah. the so, Welsh one especially is just bizarre. Yeah, it? the Welsh one's really good. I like that. So I then went on my own hunt to find other electronic devices that. Um, spirits or entities had uh, manipulated and communicated through. And uh, one of the most compelling that I found is on uh, Reddit. It is from six years ago, but it's um, a story from a guy whose girlfriend died in 2012. She died of a car accident and she actually... Uh, died on the scene right and he talks about like obviously that was a difficult time for him and um when you are partners with somebody who's died you obviously get left with uh all of their social media so uh a few years ago if somebody died and they had a facebook account it just became sort of frozen in time these days you can turn it into, uh, I think they call it a memorial account. Right. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've it becomes that. a place where people can, you know, post memories and stuff like that. Yeah. But back then, it, you didn't. It was just, uh, it was, you know, as I say, it was just frozen. And he talks about, uh, he goes through this period for a year where he is glad that he's still connected to her account because they've got pictures on there from the two of them and he can relive some of the times that they had and he talks about how sad it is but also how it brings comfort Mm. but then 
September the 4th, 2013, that's when things start to happen. And he gets a message from her account. And this is, as you can imagine, uh, very, very tricky. So I've got the screen grab of the message in front uh, in front of me on the screen. And what what's happened is he has um, written her just a little missive um, just to say how much he's missing her. As you can imagine, he's not expecting, of course, not expecting an no. answer. More of a kind of self-soothing thing, really, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of therapy in some way. He's he sends her this message saying about how he hasn't been able to um tidy up her things. He uh put put points out that um he's left her hair ties. Apparently she left her hair ties all over their their uh their house and he doesn't want to remove them. And he makes a little joke about like how he's fairly sure that these hair ties are still, you know, they're breeding because there's so many of them. <laughs> and he's kind of gets a little bit down because he says, you know, some of them still got your hair on them and says how much he misses her. And then the day after he sends that message at 3.31 in the afternoon, he gets a message back saying, hello. And... He's obviously quite weirded out and thinks that it is somebody... Who's hacked in or something. Yeah, or one of the members of the family. And he says, you know, don't send me messages from this account, even if you want to discuss her. Yeah. It's just, it's not right. Yeah. And then, again, he, uh, about 10... Uh, no, it's actually 13 minutes later, he gets another message that says hello and so this is this is weird in itself then nothing kind of happens for a little bit and then we get to november and it happens again and she same sends what, same words just hello is it? well this time she says hello let's hit up and he blanks out the name but the trail this Sunday and this is a place where they used to go together it's um somewhere from their their past courting right and he replies who is this and then she comes back and she just says the wheels on the bus now that is a weird thing to say but he does say that he started to realize that um, these things that she's sending are mashups of previous conversations he's had with her. So right. in the past, when she was alive, she used the phrase, the wheels on the bus. Um, but it's very, very strange that that's, that message should come through to him. And, and he says, why are you doing this? He, go, he assumes it's a hacker. Yeah. And uh, he he sort of says, you know, like in, in his um, uh, telling of the story, he said, I'm just assuming it's a hacker. But this continues. So 
we get to March the following year. And over the course of about an hour, she this account sends him four messages just saying hello. And he replies, I don't know why you're doing this. Because, again, he's still convinced it's a hacker. And then the account says to him, oh, my God, OMG, cinnamon-scented candles. And not only were those her favourite candles, but he's burning those candles at that moment in their house. And then the account of the dead woman says, why are you doing this? And he starts to think that this probably there's more to this than just a hacker yeah um well there's two things on the hack front aren't there there's there's quite it's quite a big space yeah between the messages so if you're a hacker really are you going to spend six months i mean why anyone would do that somebody who's going through a bereavement anyway but let's assume that some sick person did do that it's quite a long there are quite long gaps between the messages yeah i think if you're a hacker you just kind of go for it if you're that you know horrible a person yeah that's right and also like the the aims of a hacker of, of a hacker would be to presumably get some sort of financial or personal information and that isn't happening here like you might try to gain someone's trust if you were gonna try and convince somebody that you like you were the ghost of the the dead person and you know, so that so that they would unhand some sort of personal yeah, information and then, to you, and then some scammy medium turns up next week. Or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I could imagine why you would, uh, you might use some of the phrases they previously used in an attempt to try to uh, win their trust, and you might even uh, have just got the coincidence right. So it's pretty clear from her page that she likes cinnamon candles that's clear he says that it's like she made no yeah she made no secret of that so the personal Uh, references could be gleaned from the page they could be gleaned from the page but the coincidence of having the candles burning at that particular moment that's a bit weird but like if we put that coincidence aside but the weird thing about it is that there is no uh particular you know there's no effort made to advance this to a point where a hacker could do anything with it. Yeah. So the next message he gets, he describes it almost as a word salad, but it's not. It's more of a phrase salad. So the message that comes through is, we should make our own jam. Right. JFC Samantha. Nah, different. And then... Three times she says, No chance of passing. No chance of passing. So, this is when he says, Okay, like, let's, I'm just going to ignore this for a bit. And, and he does. And nothing happens again for a good few months. But, and did, sorry, did those phrases mean anything to him? Well, or were you getting on to that? Well, no. So, 
so he says that those phrases had previously been used. So once again, it's recycling uh, right. stuff that she'd previously said. But now, in April 2014, the account starts saying things which haven't previously been said, but none of them make an enormous amount of sense. So on the 24th of April 2014, late at night, the man in this relationship, he gets onto the account and he just says to her, I'm really drunk. I miss you. I don't care who's on this account. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. I should be used to that by now. So he's still grieving and hurting. Yep. A little over an hour later, the account comes back to him and says, just let me walk. And it's misspelled. The, the, it's clear what it means, but the J of just is missed out. Right. And then overnight, the account sends a number of very mysterious things. And these are the last things to come from that account. So at seven minutes past one, it sends uh, two letter I's with a star next to it, a minus 12 and a minus 15. And then 15 minutes later, it says, my jumper's in the dryer and it's really cold out with a frowny emoji. And then she says, really cold out, cold, cold, Nathan, please stop, cold, freezing, I don't know what's happening. And that is the last that he heard from that account. So, wow, it's an incredible story. I mean... I guess there's a couple of there's a couple of things I jotted down and it, it kind of makes I don't know if you're thinking the same thing, the implication being so there was the bit earlier, why are you doing this? Um I mean it, it seems to be saying that it's about him not letting her go. Is yeah. that the way you is that something? Yeah, that's you read what I think, well? yeah. <clears throat> wow. Although yeah. Yeah, wow, that's an incredible story. I mean, I hope it, I really hope it it wasn't some kind of hacker because you know that'd be a terrible thing to do to somebody who is grieving. So yeah, I kind of do hope it's genuine in that way. I do too. the The only the only very reasonable explanation that I can come up with on that one is uh, some kind of again code error with facebook and we're reusing um, her words somehow that she typed before yeah it's quite it's quite unlikely though isn't it it is unlikely although when i was doing the research i did find that a couple of years ago facebook had a problem where it was resending old messages to people but they were uh in their entirety right um, and I guess all, they do those things where they summarise your memory, you know, here's your mm-hmm. memory clip. So, yeah, I guess they do. Well, the the bug was if you'd sent 
a message three years previous saying meet you in the pub for example right then your friend that you'd sent it to would get that message again and it would look like on your device you hadn't sent it but on their device it had just appeared and then um people were going oh you sent me this and they're going no no i didn't um, so Facebook came out and said, oh, yeah, we're really sorry. It was just um, a problem with some uh, code. We fixed it now. But that doesn't explain original messages like the one yeah. that she sent there. And um, it doesn't explain the uh, it, it doesn't explain it happening over a two year period because well, that, that, doesn't... that Facebook problem was was time limited. Well, it doesn't explain those last raft of messages either, does it? Because no. there's some, there's a kind of almost some kind of continuity between the message that's being sent there. I'm cold and need my jumper. A kind of let me go message. So I'm assuming that was over a number of posts rather than just in one post. Uh, so that that message, um, the which final is messages. that final message. No, it's one. It's one long post that starts with okay. my jumpers in the dryer and it's okay, really cold out. Okay, so it was out. one post, but yeah, uh, and it's um, and we don't it, know if that was a message he had passed pa- posted previously. It probably uh, wasn't yeah, so no, we do, and it wasn't. Right. Oh, okay. It so wasn't. That, so that was a okay. So the theory that it was regurgitating an old message, it would have had to almost cut and paste various bits to compose a message that actually makes some kind of sense, which that's right. does, doesn't make sense. No, no. Wow. And, and this last message sounds, it sounds like the sort of thing that one might expect to get from a spirit, you yeah. know. Um, the fact that it's cold, doesn't know what's happening, want my jumper, yeah. it's freezing yeah that is terribly and it it also like ties into the fact that she died in a in a car accident um yeah at oh, night yeah, I've forgotten that bit yeah and that's what makes it particularly peculiar and again yeah. like if it's if it's not a code problem then the only explanation is well there's three someone is playing with him on her account, but you'd have to be terrifically cruel and you wouldn't send nonsense messages unless you only did it when you were high or drunk. So the I star and the minus 12. Like, maybe if you were particularly twisted and only decided to engage this person after you'd had, you know, some drinks or whatever, then maybe, maybe you would do that. But that seems unlikely that that would carry on for two years and like we just said if it's a a scammer or a hacker that last message there's nothing in there which would advance your cause unless your cause is just to be evil which you can't rule out i understand you can't rule that out but it's pretty sadistic that yeah it it is it is and it doesn't like to think there are not people in the world who would do that over a two-year period no to someone who's grieving no no it it could be some really dark evil practical joke but on the other hand if you take it at face value yeah um i think if you were going to do 
that, you'd probably put more effort into it and, you know, expand it a little bit more. There's literally no point. It's not even darkly amusing to an evil person just to send random numbers in a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, there's just nothing about it that makes sense. I guess there is a, there is a, another explanation that somehow, you know, in his mental state and, you know, depression that he was in over the period after her death that, you know, he may have somehow gone on and sent the messages to himself and convinced himself that it wasn't him sending them, but I guess that's a possibility. It's, it is a possibility, yep, yep, yep. You you can't rule that stuff out, and and you're no. right. You can't take all of this stuff uh, exclusively at face value. But as it as it stands as a story, that's yeah. that's and do pretty. We, and do we know? Did he kind of what did he do after the the final messages? Did he kind of have the account taken down or whatever? It sounds like she. If it if it's a true spirit encounter, that she wanted him to move on and let her go. So I wonder if he did that. Well, he actually, it, he leaves it quite open. So the last post that he makes is in July 2014. And at that point, he had then turned her account into a memorialised page. Because right, that had come into fruition then. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> and then... Uh, one of the things that he said carried on happening was that uh, he, uh, she would f- uh, be tagging herself in his photos. <laughs> and he found that weird. I saw a few replies on Reddit saying that that could be uh, Facebook uh, maybe experimenting with its facial recognition software. Right. And I think that's that's probably a good explanation because we don't know what um facebook is you know turning on and testing but not telling us they're doing it because that would be a fairly innocuous thing and maybe you know one of their testers said i will try it on uh some accounts that haven't been active or are memorialized something like that i could imagine that Although you'd hope they wouldn't do it on something that would be memorialised. They must have well, known that that, absolutely. Would, be, that yeah. would be insensitive. But but mistakes happen and they yeah, could yeah. have deployed yeah. the code It's into... not out of the question, is it? No, exactly. They could have re- deployed it into the wrong database kind of um, by accident. Uh, but so he, he leaves us on his post on the 2nd of July um, just saying... I don't know what you guys think. Um, do I turn off her memorial page? What if it is her? I just don't know what's happening. So um, it never, we never hear from that poster again. And it's, you know, it's the other thing about it is that it could be because we we don't reach that conclusion. It could possibly be somebody trying their hand at like a creepy pasta type of story, because although I've got the screen grabs of these conversations, those are so easy to yeah to make. Yeah, but, true. Uh, and does it say in the? Do you, do you get an impression from the posts how 
how he felt about it at the time and how he feels about it now was it was it freaky was it freaky to him was it a comfort to him did, did we, I, I was trying to get an impression of you know mentally how it well, affected him so the tone of it throughout is that he goes from being angry that someone's messing with her memory yeah. to doubting what the hell's going on and uh in the penultimate sentence that he ever posted he says i want to puke so okay so it's obviously not a yeah. there there's no comfort to him from this whole experience it's just it sounds traumatic yeah <laughs> i guess there might be some but mainly traumatic by the sound of it oh um, yeah traumatic yeah yeah for sure which yeah. again makes you go God, you just pray. Even though it's traumatic for him, you almost, you know, you're almost praying that it's not a hoaxer and it's a genuine. It's a weird thing to say, but you're almost hoping that it is some genuine spirit encounter that he's yeah. had, rather than the thought of a hoaxer doing that. To somebody is just diabolical, really. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um. But then. The last story I've got, this one is a little bit uh, less explainable. And the only conclusion to this one is <clears throat> that the the author is making it up because it's a decent story right. uh, or something truly, truly inexplicable bizarre. and paranormal happened. Right. Okay. So, well, so this let's, one... Let's go with it with our open mind. Exactly. So this one is uh, about text messages. Yep. And it's relayed to us, again, I found this on a, on a subreddit. This is uh, relayed to us by a man who works in a funeral home. And he, in his opening gambit, he says, it sounds like a morbid job, but, you know, you soon get used to it. And... Uh, he says the pay's good and it's a profession that's never going to go away. So he talks about how he uh, isn't personally pre uh, working with prepping corpses for the funeral, but he is on the planning side. So he works with families of the deceased and looking at, you know, what how they want to see off their loved ones. And... He describes one day when there is a mother and father in their 40s. They come in, tearing up, he says, as they always do. And their son had died. He was 19. He was called Bobby. And a, he had died in what he describes as a very nasty car accident on, uh, on the highway. Um, he takes the parents to go and identify the body and he describes because it was such a nasty car accident um i didn't realize this but funeral homes have uh, makeup people mm. to make the bodies more yep. acceptable so he describes how uh, the back of this kid's head is missing so they use a wig to like make him look more human and obviously they try and be very, very sensitive with the parents because this is a you know, terrible time mm. for them. Yeah. And 
so he he does the identification with the parents. He then goes through with them what the service is going to look like, what sort of coffin he's going to have, all of that sort of thing. And then he goes home and he talks about how you have to disassociate yourself and you can't take this stuff home with you. So he goes home, has a shower, gets in the PJs uh, and starts watching a show on telly in the living room. And then his telephone goes off, his mobile goes off. And in capital letters, it says, hello, and it's from an unknown number. And he doesn't think anything of this because, you know, he says he's got lots of friends and it's not unusual that they might text him. Um, He's thinking that, you know, someone is going to invite me out to a party or a bar or something. And he just goes, hey, who's this? And back again in caps, it says Bobby. Bobby who? He replies. He doesn't know anyone called Bobby. He hasn't associated that cadaver with, 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 the, name. with yeah. the name because, you know, he's expecting someone from his life. Uh, and then in caps, the message comes back. You know who I am. You met my parents today. And that's when he says, like, his the bottom fell out of his world. He said, I felt yeah. dizzy as I read it. Um he said, my stomach was like a rock. And then he sort of recovers and says, well, you know, this is someone messing with me, right? This can't be, there's not the dead kid. And so he replies and just says, this isn't funny. What happened to him was horrible and no one should be joking about it like this. Yeah. And then he gets a message back that says, in caps again, shut your rotten mouth. You let them ruin my funeral. Ruin it. It should have been you in the car accident, not me. You'll have an early grave too if it goes my way. And then he starts flipping out and trying to work out, you know, what's going on. So he describes then he has like a fitful night's sleep, goes back into work the next day, and then feels compelled that he has to go and look at the body of Bobby because he just wants to get it clear in his head that this isn't a corpse that's texting him from beyond the grave. So he goes down to the mortuary area, opens up the drawer where the body is, takes a look. It looks no different. He describes how he looks around, you know, he says it's staff, but he looks around, making sure that there isn't a phone in there, and and there isn't a phone in there with him. And then later on in that day, his phone starts ringing, and again, it's from the same unknown number. And he describes this voice coming through. He says. Uh, his, his, his words are the most demonic deep voice I'd ever heard. Why don't you come back down here? Come down and see me again. Come now or I'll come for you. <laughs> and and he just replies, like, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you're doing this, but stop it. 
and then the voice comes back. You know exactly who I am. Come back down and play with me. We can be best buds. And then the phone hangs up. So he then describes for the rest of the story um, how upset he is, and he just blocks that number. He tries to phone it, doesn't, as is common with all these things, he gets a number not known. So he just blocks that number and nothing happens again. Wow. I mean, as a follow up, he says he now works in the boat rental business and (laughs) he's he's never going back to dead bodies. Yeah, change of career was definitely on the cards there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does make you think. You know, when you first started the story, I was thinking you can imagine working in that industry must be well, two things. You 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 must almost have to be quite hardened yeah. to all kinds of stuff just to kind of survive, I guess, and just to keep your 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 mental health straight. Um, and you can imagine. You know, as with any kind of work environment, there must be people playing tricks. And if you're going to play tricks in that environment, it probably does involve something along those lines. Gallows humour type stuff. or But, yeah. And we know that was... We, did it confirm that that was the phone number of the of Bobby's? We no. Don't, we don't know. Don't no. Say that. No, no it's, it's a number that doesn't appear to be connected anywhere. But it's like, like you said, as it progressed, it kind of went from, you know, <laughs> I know it sounds weird when you're talking about, you know, dead people and dead young people, but I can imagine there is some level of gallows humour yeah. in, okay. the fu- in the funeral director business. So you can see people, oh, let's play a trick on so-and-so and send him a text saying, you know, you messed up my funeral or whatever. But then it, it does kind of take some more sinister twist as it goes on it gets a bit more extreme so it looks like it's gone past a funny hoax so either it's somebody personally playing a horrible trick on him or yeah there's something spooky about it yeah i mean i think the thing with that is yes you probably do get um that gallows humor but to take it to the level where Mm. it's so distasteful Mm. and really upsetting somebody Mm. like you're you're going into the realms now of if that was if you were found out you would be you know in front of an employment tribunal and in all honesty as well you know just common sense says the people that work in those environments they they are not going to think you know on the long term that it's funny yeah to impersonate a 19-year-old boy who died in horrific circumstances, when they know that the person who's receiving those messages has to deal directly with the parents, I mean, that is some level of bullying beyond just having a a laugh. That is kind of sadistic nature. It's very sadistic, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And also the tone of what he was getting does sound like a kind of, a, t- a way a teenager might react to death. I oh would yeah, imagine, for you know sure. what I mean. You know what I mean by that. I don't mean that in any disrespectful no, way. No, no, no. But they're going to be cross, aren't they? Yeah, yeah going to be cross and hitting out and lashing out. So yeah, yeah. Wow. 
So all of all of this taken together with all that we found out from Tony about EVPs. Yeah. It it leaves me more confused than ever about yeah. what's happening because when I when I started digging into the area of EVPs my my theory was well this is just another manifestation of ghosts so sometimes we can see them and sometimes we can hear yeah. them but when you start finding out all the oddities and the manipulation of technology and that's that's a big thing right that's that's right. That's, the, that's that's key i think because i think you know well the examples most of the examples you've maybe all of them you've laid out today don't fit into that that stone tape theory that it's some no. kind of playback I mean, you might be able to argue that the Facebook one because it was possibly regurgitating things, but then it felt like the end didn't tie into that. No. So, so you know, if we take them at face value, um, I guess the one in, in Wales, which is the, the holiday home one, yeah. feels more like a, a, a just one of those things necessarily than this phenomenon, maybe. Um but yeah. the others, it's that manipulation of technology that is baffling to me. Yes, yes. Baffling is absolutely the word. Because all the way through, ever since I so, sort of became interested in the paranormal, one of the sort of features of it was ghosts can scare you, but they can't hurt you. Mm. But if... Like I don't even know what to call them. Like I'm, I'm struggling. Let's just say an entity. If an entity or something is able to mess around with current technology to the extent that all of those stories suggest that they are, yeah. then where does it stop? Does it mean that they can, if they really don't like you, they can disable the brakes on your car, or yeah, yeah. or something even more nefarious? Like if you've got a pacemaker. Could yeah. they interfere with that? Could well, they interfere with a hospital ventilating machine? Something like that. I think the other thing that's, you know, we, we said when we did the episode with Tony, the EVP episode, you know, we started talking about, so we, we covered stone tape theory. We talked about, you know, and we've talked about it a lot on different podcasts that we've done that a lot of these things could be people misinterpreting things from a parallel universe or, you know, well, I mean, we've gone through various iterations that these aren't necessarily dead people, that they're us misinterpreting something that's going on. Yeah. I think that the thing that, uh, for me, that ties these ones out are they are personal. Yeah. And I, and I don't see how, you know, I, I'm sure you could kind of, post-rationalise a way that it could be personal if it's an entity from a parallel universe or whatever but it, it it seems an odd thing to be that personal your your dead mother calling you your you know text messages from you know a phone that's somewhere else well, maybe that fits but you know what I mean it's like the ones yeah. where it's personal I don't understand how that could fit into any other theory than a, a, your kind of traditional ghost theory. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, also to the point where in the Facebook Messenger story, we've got the uh, situation where the message is... One of the messages is related to something that's happening in his house. At yeah, that, at that moment. At that moment, yeah. yeah. And that, you know, that could just be luck and serendipity. It's possible. But, like, to specifically say that phrase, OMG, cinnamon candles. Yeah. And that's, that is odd. And, like, with all of this stuff, once again, like, you can't rule out the creativity of humans. You can't rule out that everything that we have heard today is made up yeah. by wannabe fiction writers, yeah. and they be, they're good stories. So yeah, yeah. you know you could imagine uh, that as a kind of you know if you if you told it around the campfire, it's a great story to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we can't rule out that no matter how much like a human voice or a grandfather clock or any of those other stories that we heard from Tony that they sound yeah where it's just pareidolia that yeah. we're we're beings that are so uh desperate to find patterns in things yeah that and just want to believe you want to believe that's yeah. right yeah. and and a and a moving airflow around the microphone on a recorder when you slow it down and boost it, it sounds like somebody saying "get out." It's really possible that that is the only explanation. But if we just for a moment assume these people are not lying, and when Tony tells us that people are picking up EVPs without microphones, then we're left with again what we're normally left with at the end of all of these conversations is there is something paranormal happening that we really don't understand. There is something about our electronic devices that we really don't understand. We're missing a bit of physics. So there's quite a lot about a lot of my electronic devices I don't understand, but that's because I never read the manual. So I just, <laughs> yeah. I, like the best thing to do is turn to the page written in German and try and... <laughs> yeah. Use a translator, yes. Yeah. Um, but again, like there is, there's no, there's nothing that you can. Oh, it's so frustrating because you can't, you can't with hand on heart go. There is something. There is definitely an entity here. Yeah. And you also can't go. No, it's all made up. And we're left in this really tricky middle position of. It feels like I'm always just waiting for the piece of evidence that is un incontroversial yeah. uh, and can't be disputed. And, like, I don't know. I really hope that I come across it one day. Yeah, but I think, you know, I wouldn't beat yourself up about that because I think it's a bit... The analogy is a bit like all those UFO videos. My feeling on something like that is... 99% of them are misinterpreted or made up but there is a 1% out there and it's it's rare so I think while we're hunting for it it's kind of enjoying the hunt enjoying the stories mm. and almost hoping that that one in a million chance that we'll find something that is a bit more concrete will be there but yeah. you know 
I think it's Stephen King who often says it's not the ending, it's the journey. Maybe that's what it is. He clearly never owned a Mini Metro because, (laughs) let me tell you, when you own a Mini Metro, the journey is not what you look forward to. The journey is parked at the side of the motorway with the bonnet up. Yeah, that's, that's reminded me of my VW Beetle where the fuel gauge didn't work, so many a time I'd run out of petrol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't about... That That really was hoping for the ending rather than the journey. Fascinating, but I know what you mean, and I, I think I think the, the my note of caution on a lot of the stuff we've heard today, like you said, they are great. You know, I often think of things from a kind of script writer's point of view, yeah, you know, and some of them are almost too perfect, aren't they, from mm. a scriptwriter's point of view? Um, and also the fact that you know, certainly the EVP episode, Tony did come across some weird stuff, especially the yeah, one, yeah. especially the one you referred to with the grandfather clock on. And he, I don't feel he recorded that. I don't feel he's the kind of guy who would have, because that would have taken a lot of manipulation and editing. Oh, yeah. To make that up. So I don't think he's making it up. I think these stories do, because of the personal level, because of the kind of perfect narrative, do take it up a level to what he's experienced in terms of recordings over many years of doing it. So, you know, I think you're right to have a note of caution in your mind about them. But, you know... So 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 maybe it's like God. If one of them's true, is amazing enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, it, it's kind of like I'll I'll sign off by saying yesterday I uh, because we're still pretty much in lockdown and my mum's pretty old. I took her some shopping around to her house, and um, she asked me what the subject of today's podcast was, and so I told her. And so, like, she'd never told me this before. And as a matter of fact, she just said, oh, yeah, that's interesting. So she lives alone. She said, oh, sometimes uh, in the night I hear uh, our old dog's collar shaking mm. uh, when he when he walks down the corridor. I was like, really? Are you sure? She said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's unmistakable. It's been happening for 20 years. I don't think anything of it anymore. And again, I'm like, she's not, she's not, she's not a liar, but I, I can't, I don't know. That could be complete imagination uh, or it could be real, but I guess that's the enigma of everything here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, all we can do is keep telling the stories, keep looking into it and hopefully we'll find that, um, What's the word? The diamond in the rough. Yes, the irrefutable piece of tape. Yeah, the tape in the in the pile of tape. <laughs> <laughs> That's the analogy yeah, I was waiting yeah. for. <laughs> Let's end there <laughs> on that perfect <laughs> note. <laughs> well, a great stories, Ben. Where you know whether they're whether it's hard to always know, but they're. There's some amazing stuff in there. I, I loved, I loved the one in North Wales especially because I love those kind of coincidences. So yeah. You know, um, well, if anyone has got any they'd like to share with us, we'll cover them in a follow-up bonus episode. 
go to the links in the episode description or go to any of our socials on at TQM podcast. And particularly if you've got any audio vid- or video files that you think are uh, more s- persuadable than anything that I've told you now, send them through. And uh, you never know, we might even be able to ask Tony, who is qualified to actually research this, th- these things, to have a look at them as well, yeah. if he's kind enough. We'll have to ask him. Brilliant. That's a great idea. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, thanks, everyone, uh, for listening, and thanks for putting that together, Ben, and we'll um, see you next time on The Quantum See Mechanics. you next time. Tell your friends. Quantum mechanics.